Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, and now I am living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. You know, I always say that, but it's actually especially beautiful right now. Today with me is Bebe. Hi. Yes. Hello, Jason. Hi, everybody. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I wanted to talk about handy capable friends. So I found this article on yahoo.com and this is the title. 22 year old sees color for the first time thanks to oh. act of kindness. Hmm. So it's about a man in Alabama who had a corrective surgery where they had a new kind of surgery on his eyes hmm. and now he uh, he can see color. So before I guess he had cones in his eye because we have these cones in our eyes and they see different shades of light and he was not completely blind Mm -hmm. he's just colorblind which uh, i actually have some friends who are colorblind they're only mildly colorblind but it can be different for different people Mm -hmm. and in this case this man is now able to see color completely and he Mm. apparently had a uh you know, crying incident and is Aww. very a big deal for this this man. Of course. Have you seen those videos? I come across those videos. I have seen I those videos. I come across a lot of touching videos. I saw the, the hearing <laughs> yeah, ones? And, um, are you talking about the hearing ones? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about both. Like the color glasses one. I know there's um, I've seen couple and a lot of them are from the States, too. Like there's this family. <laughs> they bought their dad one of, one of those color blind glasses. So like th- this man comes comes out he's like you know heavy belt and he's like a wrestler the type of you know he's got that type of body and he he comes out of the house like barefoot standing on the um uh stairs and then um i think his family presented him with this pair of yeah. you know glasses yeah yeah yeah, yeah maybe yeah, for his yeah, birthday yeah, yeah. or some special occasion and then he puts it on you know it stuns him like what he is able to see and then he starts crying this like massive guy (laughs) it's amazing that you can just correct people's vision with glasses now I know and I actually uh, checked it out once it's not that expensive I think it's like from 200 to 400 dollars so maybe a little bit more expensive than regular glasses if I got it right but it was it was so touching to see this you know this man this um you know a man that you would never associate with tears wow literally just break down you know wow and and also the, uh, the the hearing aid ones. There's this one of mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. I've seen several of these videos. Yeah, and I saw one that was linked together. It was amazing. Oh, I saw one this this little baby. It must be a baby girl. I'm not a hundred. Oh, I saw I saw the yeah yeah. Maybe we saw the same. Was one. she like a bold baby girl? She didn't have any hair. Yeah, she was about two. Oh no, that's a different one. This was actually a baby. Oh, like okay. she was like baby. maybe two months, but she was. Mm. Like she, it's like when you look at her, it's like she knows. She's one of those babies that just like she looks so smart. And her mom um, was talking to her, asking because she started 
you know, um, her lips were pursed mm. down, you know, she was about to cry because she was so touched, mm. you know, from, from hearing. And her mom was so touched. Was, oh, every time, every time I saw that, I would start crying. I, I saw a series of them linked together and there were some adults there. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think she was not expecting it to work or something. Oh. When it, she started to hear, she just started bawling, Shocked? uncontrollably uh, bawling. Mm, maybe it's a shock, you know, for the older kids. Mm. If you haven't heard any sound ever, right? And all of a sudden it hits yeah. you and maybe it was loud or it's just like an intrusion at the beginning. And I, just the other day, I came across this video. I think it's a toddler, maybe two or three. He was wearing, we call them, it's one of those implants, but there is an mm-hmm, external mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure if there's a part inside, yeah. but it's um it's like a little button that they put on their head. Um, It's not something they put in their ears because, you know, for hearing aid, let's say for older people, you see them wearing something right inside uh, on their ear, one of their ears mm-hmm. and you can see it. But this one looks different. It's like they wearing it outside their head. This mom was trying to wake up her toddler, probably just normal. Hey, time to get up. And the toddler just took that thing off <laughs> as if saying that, ah, oh, be quiet, mom. I don't want to hear you right Whoa. now. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of funny. And, and mom, the mom put it back on and then he took it off again because he want to keep sleeping. <laughs> so it's I think it's one of uh, my understanding is that it's a fan- fancier generation of hearing aids. Uh, more like an implant. It's quite expensive. Too. Yeah, there's a variety yeah. of different kinds. I, I, I'm not an expert on this, but mm. I know that there's one called a bone implant oh. that helps people hear. But I have another article from ScienceDaily.com. Mm-hmm. This is for people who are congenitally deaf. What does that mean? I think that means born that way. Genetically, there's something like that didn't facilitate. Mm. I think we need to be careful about the language. So it didn't. The phenotype for hearing wasn't developed. Okay. Okay. But um, the researchers at Oregon State University have found a way to use gene therapy Mm -hmm. to enable people born deaf to hear. So this actually affects their RNA somehow, Mm. which communicates to their DNA to turn on something Mm. that will then create the phenotype for hearing. So actually comes from the DNA inside the person, which is I think is, um, yeah, very, very uh, amazing. Hearing disabilities. Have you uh, seen this girl, this young lady on social media in China? Her name is Jiang Mengnan. No. Um, so oh, it's every time I see her videos, I just start, you know, tearing and not because of sadness. It's just something. It just really moves me. And she was actually a person selected for, I guess we call it the people who move us the most of the year. Uh, uh. Is this like what a Mengxiang shirt? Like that no, stuff? No, it's <laughs> 感动中国. Oh, okay. Like this TV, uh, it's a TV show, but not like, you know, these noisy mm. ones. Um, it's a TV show. It's it literally called mm. People Who Moved China. 
in let's say year 21 or year 2021 mm. year 20 every year it has this and in so last year this girl she has a beautiful name jiang meng nan means jiang is like river right that's her last name mm. meng is dream mm -hmm. and nan is south it's just very beautiful name and she's so pretty um and uh at the time uh, when this was on so social media it went viral uh, she was getting her uh, doctor degree in Tsinghua mm. University so for, for people who don't know about Tsinghua University that's like you know MIT Princeton equivalent um in China and she's studying medicine so uh, I think when she was little either uh three or when she was six months I, I can't remember um she like took some wrong medicine for a disease mm. Like she was born with hearing mm, abilities, mm, 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 but then after that, she pretty much lost all of her hearing uh, for both ears. Like one is completely lost. The, the other was like uh, almost entirely damaged. Yeah. So ever since then, she's been living in silence. But um, her parents taught her how to uh, lip read. Mm, 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 and um, in interviews, she tells us that you know, when she was little, she remembered her parents just um, grabbing her hand and putting her hand on their throats yeah. to feel the vibration and also to uh, teach her how to read people's lips. Mm -hmm. um, and she said to teach her just say to say one word, they will repeat it like literally 10,000 times wow. until she gets it. And uh, because so many words are so they sound so alike. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. She gave one example like uh, hua which means flower, and gua, which means melon. Mm. So, you know, like hua, gua, the, the difference for her is pretty much non-existent if you look at just the lips. But then her parents taught her to feel the flow of air yeah, and the vibration of, um, you know, around the throat. And they would do it over and over and over again. And she said they would just sit in, the, in front of the mirror uh, with her parents teaching her just word by word. And they're not from like a privileged uh, family, yeah. just a normal family from a minority, uh, like a county, remote county in a minority. So they didn't have all that money, you know, for this or that kind of um, a special treatment or classes. But growing up, she's like, I've never felt like uh, a victim of any kind or I'm a weaker kind mm. she said i've never felt like that and she's always believed that i'm, I'm not going to be any less than you know uh, than i want to be than anybody else mm. and i think that confidence is uh you know from her parents you know um they never really uh, made her feel like she's anything anyone inferior yeah just because she couldn't hear. You know how hard it is, right, to get into a really good university here in China. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. for anybody, it's not easy. And when she got into uh, Tsinghua University for her doctor degree, mm -hmm. and she has a roommate, right? And her roommate, <laughs> she was uh, she was in one of those interviews. Uh, she was saying like, you know, I, I did feel at the beginning before I met her, I did feel like, oh, a little bit sorry for her in a way. And she was thinking about how to um, like treat her with more kindness and all that. Mm. But she's like, when she showed up, I felt like, you know, a sunflower bloomed in front of me. She was so sunny in a way, mm. right? You don't feel anything is lacking in this character. Yeah. I think three years ago, she did one of those, uh, the one we're talking about, the implant. Mm -hmm. But you do need to wear something. I see them wearing something outside on their head. And so she uh, had that about three years mm -hmm. ago. So mm -hmm. she can hear like sounds from just what we hear. Um, so her roommate 
has been showing her all kinds of music, you know, that um, she likes and they sing together um, and they study together and she works really hard. And she's never been into any of those um, uh, special schools. I think she's just always went to normal schools. And her parents were help her with her work and all. Mm. And she works really hard. And she even skipped fifth grade. I think just one summer, she's like, I just did all the, um, I study on my own. And, uh, and she jumped a grade and all wow. that. I didn't know you could do that in China. Yeah, I, I've never done it, but I think it's possible. Yeah. So when we were talking about mm. um, people with hearing abilities, she was the first person to to come to mind. In an interview, maybe it was the time for Gao Kao, the college entrance exam, she was telling younger people that it's not always because there is hope so that you persist. It's because you persist that you see hope, that you get to see wow. hope. Yeah, that's very deep. I know. And I mean, that's her, that's her life, right? How her parents and, you know, them as a family uh, never even thought about giving up. I, I think it just never crossed their minds. They, Her parents used to tell her that it's a fact that you can't hear. So there's no need to cry over that. Just do what you need to do. When you, you know, when there's a problem, deal with the problem in front of you. And, but, which is basically all of us need to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, all of us have one kind of problem or another. So I think it's important not to feel like you are weak because of this or that. Although we can probably all find reasons for us to feel weak. But she said, I've always felt like, um, you know, I never felt like I was weak. And also, uh, I think it was her roommate or her classmate said something. She's like, when you, uh, you it's probably, people probably like likely think of her as someone uh, weaker in a sense. In Chinese, we say ruozhe, like you have, mm-hmm. um, like weaker in some aspect. But when you get to know her, you you definitely feel that she's so much stronger than the rest of us because she's so used to not giving up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe for us, we uh, when we try to do something and it doesn't work, and then we give up five times later, ten times later. Oh, come on, two times for me. Maybe <laughs> two times for me. I yeah, for someone who you know who's not very patient, I'm like you know like the second time doesn't work, give up. But for her, it's never been like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe she doesn't even. Um, understand the concept of giving up. Mm. You know, you want to do something, you do it until it's done. That reminds me of the people who learn how to play piano with their feet. It's just like, wow, okay. Oh, yeah. And all the things, yeah, people can do with their feet, right? (laughs) So I've never really thought about it that way. I mean, it's a strength that you don't get to see on display Mm, mm, every day, mm, right? mm, Your ability to do this or that. It's, It's like an internal ability to persist. And growing up, she that's an ability she's always had. So in that sense, she's so much stronger than, you know, all of us. Uh, what do you call it? Give uppers? <laughs> losers? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite losers, but we give up too soon. Yeah.
recently, I saw something was really, really shocking to me. And I guess I should have assumed that it was the case. Hmm. So, uh, I, I, but I saw this blind girl who in high school taking in the cow cow oh. with Braille. Oh. So I, I, I came across this like video. I think it was on TikTok or something like that of a blind high school student taking the cow cow. And she was taking it like through a Braille version of the test. Mm. And I, I was really quite shocked. I didn't know they had that. I yeah. mean, I didn't know they had that. But now that I kn- thought about it for a couple of weeks since I saw it, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, mm. they would accommodate people with that particular kind of mm. capability. So, you know, people obviously are moving through education systems with differences in the way that their body has manifested in this one, mm-hmm. in this case. And I guess in the case of thousands of other like her, mm. they are accommodated in their education so that they can learn through reading with their fingers, which is really interesting because if you go to banks, I, you notice that there's braille there mm. like it'll be next on the buttons that you mm. push there's there's a braille version of the number so you can if you feel it mm-hmm. you can feel that i've always just like not felt it because i don't need to they, they feel the same yeah yeah it's like <laughs> i don't i can't tell the difference i don't know how you could that's an amazing feat me of another girl. I also saw her on TV. Um, she She's blind. I don't remember her name. And she's probably... Uh, she was in her late teens or early 20s. And um, I remember the scene where she was reading, mm-hmm. um, you know, Braille, right? As you said. And she was doing it really, really fast. And she, you know, loves literature um and she wanted to become a uh, radio personality like a radio mm. presenter so she practiced yeah. on her own actually mm-hmm. i have my own story about that when you're finished but go ahead oh ah, sure um so because i was watching the show and at the very beginning you don't see the candidates of the show you just hear their voices right and her voice sounded so just so professional you know you would think that she works for one of these major radio or tv uh, networks mm-hmm. and but then her story turned out to be so much more complicated and she's also from just a normal family but she's always had this dream and she you know she practiced on her own she probably has started with like local accents and all mm. that but um she learned proper mandarin and made her way all the way to um i don't know what she does now but on the show um at least she got the opportunity to try out at this um like a national mm. level tv uh, radio station so basically dream coming true uh, for her. I do have more, but I want to hear your story. Well, I mean, I don't want to interrupt your story, but I used to work in a tutoring center like 13 or Mm. 14, 15 years ago. I don't even remember. Mm. I I used to teach people English, like how to write an essay for people in undergraduate. So their first freshman and sophomore, how Mm. to write a paper for students who weren't very good at that. Right. So I would sit in this tutoring center and these students would come in for free for them. And mm. the school paid me like not that very much. And I would just like help <laughs> help them like learn how to structure an essay. This was back in the United States. Yeah, this was like 2004 was it- or something. It was a long time ago. Was it in your graduate? No, years? I was a I was only a junior or something. Oh, 
but I was, nice. I wrote pretty good papers and one of my, mm. I got some teachers to recommend me for the tutoring center. It was like extra nice. in, income kind of thing. Anyways, mm-hmm. most of my students, the students that came in to ask help just didn't know how to write an essay. They were scared, right? But mm. I had one student who came in every single week who needed a, additional assistance and he was, he was mm. blind. So he wanted to be a radio show host. Oh, okay. And, you know, so I would help him like write his papers and things because I could type it up faster than him and stuff mm. and look for like errors that he couldn't find in the in the text and stuff. So mm. I, I asked him, oh, wow, what did you want to do radio? And it didn't make sense to me at first. But mm. he was like, you know, I listen to radio all the time, Jason, as you know, he said, mm. because that's the sense that I'm gifted with. And mm. so he feels that he can hear people's intonations better than other people. And mm. he knows how to make his voice sound all radio. So like, <laughs> he, I think he, he, he ended up going on to be a radio personality in this small town, Modesto, mm. California. One, I don't know what happened to him. That was a long, long time ago. Mm. But it was, you know, it's very similar to the story that you're telling. Mm-hmm. He gifted in audio. And so that's the route that they took yeah. for their career. Hey, you remind me of one of my classmates uh, from back in college. I was taking a course in Japanese and um, an introductory course. And one of my classmates, she was, I think she could see a little, but not too much. Um, and she used to come to class with a huge, uh, I guess, golden retriever, like mm, a guide mm, mm, dog mm. Yeah. Who, who behaved so well. He was part of the class. And the thing is, she was always the first one to get there. Mm. And it was us, you know, the other ones, lazy ones who were like running into class, mm. you know, at, at the last minute. Mm. She was always already there, poised and, you know, calm and ready for everything. And sometimes we're like, oh, maybe we, we should really work a little bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was very confident um, and she was able probably did everything better than we did. Um, so I, I still remember her. You, you reminded me mm. of her. I'm not too sure what she's uh, what she is doing as a career, but I believe that whatever she like chooses to do, uh, she'll be really good at mm. it. Like she's always prepared. Yeah. Anyhow. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, making reasonable accommodation at work. Mm. I'm from California and more than some other states, I'm not going to insult too many states (laughs) here, guys. California is pretty good at accommodating uh, people with special needs. Mm. So I have all the definitions here and I'm, I, you know, I prepare, I'm not going to go into it, but this is the basic from uh, the dfeh.ca.gov website, other guidelines. Employees must evaluate job applicants regardless of actual or perceived disabilities. Hmm. That's not the entire line. But um, employers must ask an applicant about their ability to perform job-related functions. And one, it also mentions something called reasonable accommodation. So what that means is mm. if the person is able to complete the task mm. with you just add add a chair mm. or like add a ramp for them to get into the building or something like that. If they're in a wheelchair or whatever, if they can still perform the job and you don't have you only have to make adjustments? small mm. adjustments to your work, then you should also mm. consider them as a serious candidate for the job equally with other candidates who are also capable mm-hmm. of doing the job. And so I noticed something about there's something similar mm. about California and China, actually, mm. because California 
tries to be one of these forward thinking places that accommodates lots of people. Hmm. And so they have a special, what's the right word, bricks in the ground to guide people with canes to show them the direction the sidewalk is going. Right, right. They're everywhere here in China. Exactly. That's where I was going. China Hmm. has this better than we have in California. Like in California, most towns and cities have this in most sidewalks Hmm. or in, I should say in a lot of sidewalks. Here in China, it's hard to find a sidewalk that doesn't have Hmm. these big yellow square bricks that have- With bumps on them. With bumps, special bumps on them. So the bumps, the other bricks have like little ridges everywhere. And then the Hmm. big yellow ones have long lines. And like Hmm. they're everywhere in every city I've ever been in in China are these special Hmm. bricks that if you had a cane and you were quick to be able to tell where the correct bricks were, Hmm. you would always know the direction the sidewalk is going and the center of sidewalk, Mm -hmm. how to go and where to go. It's it's really amazing that a developing country like China Mm. has included this feature so universally and so ubiquitously throughout all major cities in the entire country. Mm. It's really remarkable and something to be commended that China has gone to such lengths to accommodate a certain segment of their population. Yeah, I've never thought much about that, huh? It's But it's important, you know, for people who (laughs) need it. Because for me, it's just part of the road. Mm. And, and, but I don't know what the situation is like in the countryside Mm -hmm. if they it's as prevalent but there i mean there's always a lot of um room for uh for work Mm -hmm. right especially for the uh, disabled people but um i i remember watching some of these videos and it reminds me that years ago um when people uh when it comes to people with disabilities in hearing and sight it's as if Mm -hmm. uh they only have very few selections for for work Right, people with uh, sight problems, a lot of mm. them would um, either choose to learn massages. Mm-hmm. So they become mm-hmm. what do you call it, masseuse? And they blind massage. I've seen the right. signs. Yeah. There are a lot of these um, like uh, like little shops um, all over China. There is actually one mm-hmm. close to where I live. And I've I, yeah, I went there a few times, too. Um, but I think the uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, pandemic, maybe some of them went home. Don't know if they've mm-hmm. come back. But mm-hmm. it's one of those um, fields of work that people associate, actually, with people with um, visual impairments. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I went there and they they have like five or six um, masseuse mm-hmm. in there. Is that for both men mm-hmm. and women? I'm not too sure. The term. Masseuse, masseuse. I'm actually not sure. Like, but my point yeah. is, uh, back in the days, it, it feels like if you can't see very well, that's one of those things you do. And the one I went to, I remember the girl, she was using their, they have like, um, they probably have an entire set of uh, apps that they mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. And one of the, you know, you're going there and they'll set the timer mm-hmm. and their cell phones talk really fast. Mm. So, like when she plays something, like when the when her cell phone talks, it goes like this. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? And then, you know, 10 minutes later, <laughs> maybe telling her there's like 30 minutes left or something. Huh. Um, like, and when they hear the news and it goes like that for them, but it's, it's, it's enough for them. For me, it was a blip. <laughs> for them, they had all the information they needed. Hmm. So maybe they're, the hearing is um, so well-trained. Hmm. And... Um, 
uh, there were like what four or five and they had this little uh, like kind of a do you call it a shop or a salon a shop right and people from the neighborhood who want some massage mm. would go there and also um, for people with hearing no for people with mm-hmm. uh, visual problems they can also um, a lot of them become piano tuners oh really yeah yeah which is um, what well, which is a very nice job I think but you have to move around a lot right so you go to people's houses to tune pianos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or some people maybe work for school but i think now with um the internet and also other uh, oh, social right, right, like right. media platforms like I, I think so many other options have opened up for people with uh, different kinds of disabilities for example um i know that there are uh, these uh, live extreme live streams um accounts uh opened by people with uh, people who can't talk. Hmm. Uh, what do you call them? Like people who are mute. mute. Yes. Yeah. And I came across this once and I never, I never thought about this. I was like, wow. You know, when you think about these um, TV shopping, right? But except it's online. Mm-hmm. You always hear people talking mm-hmm. incessantly, mm-hmm. introducing yeah. their products, telling you, you got to pay it now or we're going to increase the price and everything. Yeah. But there are also these um, uh, live show sites for people who are for people who can't talk, mm-hmm. right? But but they can see. So I actually went into one. It's just this girl. She's talking with uh, sight language, introducing different kinds of products. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an idea! Yeah, that, that's a great idea. Right? They can totally, yeah, they can totally open up their own shop and gear toward their own, uh, you know, set of customers. Oh yeah! Welcome to my stories of Chinese characters, season two. I'm Uncle Han Si. This season, we will travel to different destinations and experience the different sceneries throughout the year. This season, we will taste delicious foods. Delicious, how sure. Feel the delicacy of Chinese silk. Uh, Some people say that this is the world's first computer because each one of these is an instruction. And enjoy the local architectures. Yes, it's a big house. Chinese Guzhu. We will feel a sense of camaraderie on the slow train. And feel the excitement of the snowfields. Yes! 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 I'm Uncle Han Zi. This season, we will take you to see a different China from the perspective of Chinese characters. Meet us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast platforms, or on our website, radio.cgtn.com. You're listening to The Bridge. You know what's really interesting about that? I actually know what we call what we call ASL, American Sign Language. I know about 500 words. Oh, that's a lot. I didn't learn it, and I, uh, to communicate with people who are hearing impaired, mm. um, I actually learned it to teach children. So the oh. really interesting thing is when you have a three or four or five or six year old kid, mm. sometimes when they're learning a second language, if you teach the sound along with the hand movement, mm. then they will remember the word better, mm. and you can even even like uh, help them remember by using your hands and showing them the ling- the language again, and then they remember the, oh. the 
uh, the, the audio and they'll mm-mm. actually say it. So it re- helps them recall right. it better. Through association with a gesture. Yeah. So mm-hmm. ESL, English as a second language, can be, incre- you can increase your skill by learning ASL, mm. American Sign Language. Now, what's really interesting is when I say ASL, mm-hmm. there's also BSLs, which is British sign language. Mm. So actually the way that Brit- British people and American people sign English is almost completely different. Oh. So if if you have a BSL and an ASL speaker mm. who can't use who do, who are deaf mm. in the same room, mm. they will not be able to communicate oh. very fl- fluently. They'll it's like another language. Is there like an international standard for sign language? There is not. So in oh. fact, when I was working in America between degrees, I was working at a um a major clothing retailer, and I was working downstairs folding clothes as they came, I guess, from China, mm. and. In these big boxes and there were three Chinese ladies mm-hmm. from main from China mm. and they they knew Chinese sign language oh. and so I I asked my boss one day hey can I learn um ASL because I know the company teaches it mm-hmm. so I could talk with these ladies and they're like no because <laughs> you don't know Chinese <laughs> these ladies speak Chinese sign language even if you learned English oh. and English sign language you still couldn't talk to them wow that's so, a bit too complicated huh yeah it's very, very complicated. It would be, wouldn't it be easier if there is like a uniform, like an international standard sign language? Maybe, maybe that's the future. But yeah. right now that's, I, I, that's not the, you know, like Esperanto of sign language, uh, but there isn't. Yeah, have you noticed that? Um, uh, I don't know if it's, it's the same for TV in the US, mm. but in China, when you watch TV, like doing news and all, sometimes you see a, like a smaller box on the screen where mm-hmm. someone is speaking, translating yeah. uh, in sign, sign language. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I see that too. Um, Maybe not all the time, but I do remember it's part of the regular scene now. And also I want to emphasize how with uh, all these kind of you know, new apps and platforms, um, it could unleash a lot of potential, right? Create a lot of uh, opportunities mm-hmm. for people with different uh, disabilities. Mm-hmm. I remember this one guy, um, he, like, something is wrong with his legs. He was born that way. Like, mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. really grow. Yeah. And um, his parents actually abandoned him mm. as a baby. And he's, um, uh, what do you call it? Foster father? Mm. But, you know, for him, that's just his father. Uh, he was single man and he uh, very, very loving and quiet man. And mm-hmm. he picked him up just as a baby. And now he's grown into this very handsome 20, I think early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still living in the countryside. And he became like uh, his story became viral for a while mm-hmm. uh, because they also went on a TV show and um, where they told their own stories. He um he learned how to talk and everything from watching TV, mm-hmm. and also they um you know his father farms mm-hmm. and does you know small jobs for people in the village. Like his adopted father. His adopted father. Yeah, that's like the only father mm. he has. The only yeah, right. Yeah, and he never married. Like the father never married. Basically, mm. he was just devoted to taking care of his uh, of his son. Mm. Um, he, you know, he's such a quiet man. He, he doesn't say anything pretty much. Mm. And, but you know that he's just made of love mm. and compassion. They don't have much, but 
uh, in the past few years, the son, he's now grown. He started a, um, I guess you can call it a chicken farm mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because they live in the countryside. And he wanted to uh, find a way to build his dad like a, a new house because they're, mm. you know, they live in these really shabby old house. Mm. Um, and now he's, you know, he has uh, quite a following, the Chinese version of TikTok. Mm-hmm. And he's been selling eggs, like farm eggs. Their, their chicken live in, what do you call it? Free range? Free range chicken, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, it seems like they're doing, you know, better and better. And I'm really happy that nowadays um, there are other ways of making a living, right? But you do have to work hard, mm. right? Mm-hmm. They have to make all these videos. Um, and his dad is so happy, you know, after all these years. And I know I don't think he ever wanted to ask anything back. Yeah. You know, he did what he wanted to do. Uh, felt like he had to do, even though a lot of people told him, like his dad, oh, don't do this. You can't take care of a baby. You know, you don't even have a wife. Uh, but he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's um, it was very touching. Yeah, that sounds like a beautiful story. It is. Twenty-five hundred years ago, an old man rode on his buffalo and headed west of China. Before he vanished into the wild, he left behind a book of five thousand words, which, for the next two and a half millennia, would have shaped the Chinese way of thinking. Subscribe to the sayings of Lao Tzu and find out why generals with wisdom yield after winning the ultimate battle, and how staying behind just might help you get ahead of others. The Sayings of Lao Tzu is available on all major podcast platforms. You're listening to The Bridge. wanted to talk a little bit about accommodation here in China. So recently I was very worried because I broke something in my spine what? and I had to get in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I broke something in my spine. It's a disc and it's a cervical disc in my neck. <gasps> and so, something came out that's not supposed to come out and was pressing against my spinal cord. And a doctor told me I was going to have to have a corrective surgery to remove one of the discs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a whole thing, but I, we ended up going to Chinese traditional medicine. I don't want to tell this whole story because I told it partially in another episode. Oh, okay. But what I do want to talk about accommodation. So I work at a uh, place here, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a school and I went to my leaders and I said, oh, you know, I'm going to need to go and get special PT, physical training, physical therapy, where I got this uh, other painful mm. massage, which is like deep tissue <laughs> oh. tor- torture. <laughs> so I've never had a good massage, by the way. It's always been torture. <laughs> Anyways, they were very accommodating. Mm. So there was no question about like anything. It was like, oh, OK, so you're going to work in the mornings and then leave every day mm. like because I had this big thing on my neck holding my head up oh, basically dear. and every day, day I was going to this uh, giant traditional Chinese medicine hospital uh-huh. because okay I went to the main hospital I'm going to very quick briefly ca- recap so I can make this make sense sure went to a big a hospital general hospital they were like you need surgery mm. now and I was like <laughs> no so we went to a tra- we went to a traditional Chinese hospital a huge hospital multiple floors tons of medical doctors with medical degrees mm. and they're like no you, you don't need surgery we're going to give you all this traditional Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. And so I got all this therapy and I was actually just fine a few weeks later. And like, but what I mean by uh, a comment, reasonable accommodation Mm. here in China also is like, I can't lift these little tiny beds to put them away every day for the children that sleep, sleep on them. Oh, I know that they nap. They were like, okay, no Mm -hmm. problem. We'll just have someone else come in for like 10 minutes to help you do that. Right. To help, you know, and they'll do it for you. Mm. And you can just sit down and like hang out 
out with the kids of while course. the beds are being put away. Yeah. So, you know, this is what I mean in California, reasonable accommodation. This is the same thing here in China. Mm. My leaders just said, yeah, yeah of course, mm. you know, we're going to just reasonably accommodate you. Just don't die on the job. <laughs> don't break anything else. <laughs> my, my leaders, I didn't ever give them a full picture of it. They were like, as far as they knew, I could be like this forever. Oh. Bas- I, I was like, I don't know when this is going to be better. Right. But a few weeks later, I was better. And now I'm actually free of all of my corrective devices and I'm not taking physical therapy anymore. Well, that's good for you, Jason. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I've been wanting to ask. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I, I see you in like some kind of structure propping you up and, you know, talking to me at the same time. The only time I have this brace on my neck, I wear it to bed because I woke up a couple times and I felt like my neck was weird. Oh. I sleep in some weird positions uh-huh. and I'm like, my head's just dangling off of the bed. Oh my god! So like, I still wear the, the brace to bed when I'm sleeping, which Please is actually, do, Jason. but other than that, I don't really wear it anymore. Good thing was like, I was reasonably accommodated here in China in a very similar fashion. If I, I if I was in, in America, they would have also given me reasonable accommodation. So I think that's another thing mm. I want to, you know, talking about the sidewalk and about the Braille, the girl who took Braille right. and like the Gaokao in Braille and talking about like, you know, the requirements to have, you know, there are ramps for people in wheelchairs all over China and there are mm. ramps for people with wheelchairs all over America. This is something our two civilizations have in common that Mm. we are collectively trying to look out for all of the members of our civilization to the best of our ability within a reasonable scope and so i think that you know Mm -hmm. this is something chinese civilization and the nation of america have in common Dive into the sports world with Sideline Story, our weekly podcast that brings you the most up-to-date game analysis and news from the latest sports action. We didn't trouble the London side at all, but could argue they should have had a penalty. It's really difficult for a player at age of 39 to compete. I don't know what it is about Nadal, but when I see him play, I can feel his personality. Whether you are a die-hard supporter or an armchair fan, hop on and enjoy the ride. Subscribe to Sideline Story on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Roundtable. 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 Connecting China and the world. We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day. Tune in to Roundtable, where the East meets the West, and understanding is the goal. You're listening to The Bridge. Speaking of ramps, I remember when I was little, like uh, under 10, mm-hmm. I think. I even remember watching um, a TV show about it because it's a like back then we didn't know there were such a thing. Mm-hmm. And there was this one TV show. They would send out teams to go abroad uh, to go abroad and, you know, videotape mm-hmm. strange new things in foreign lands, basically. And in one mm-hmm. of those episodes, um, it was asking it had a video of these ramps. 
right, around buildings, probably in the United States. And then they were asking the audience to guess what it was.、Mm. You know, how come you know it was stairs over there, but then here is just a slope. At that time, like what thirty over thirty years ago,、mm. um, most of us didn't couldn't think of what it was for.、Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's it's like why why would you ask me yeah. that, <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> right? It's、um, so it's definitely making improvement.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in so many other aspects, we have both in both countries. There are other a lot of other things that、yeah. uh, we could do, like the society and the country has to to make people everybody's life easier. Yeah, you know, one of the things I always thought would be interesting is going back to your point about an international.、Uh, Sign language, like I always feel like we ask kids to in America, for example, to learn Spanish or to learn Chinese or to learn、mm. French, and in, in China, a lot of kids learn English, French, Russian, English, and, and you know, in different countries. I always thought it would be really nice if there was like a sign language, you know, elective more available around the world, so that、mm. there would be not just the people who are need to sign, but other people who could help them、mm. be more integrated with the rest of society more easily because. Someone has to read lips、mm-hmm. and、uh, try to speak out when it's very challenging for them. That's on us that we should be more accommodating to them and be able to understand、mm-hmm. them better. I always felt that、right. that's something as a as a world as a people we could probably all improve on in the future. Yeah, that's a very nice thoughts. And I I just read in an article that、uh, within Chinese cities. Uh, the majority of the nation's ma- major airports are now accessible、mm. to the disabled,、mm. and there is a disabled accessibility requirement for new buildings,、mm. um, but no requirement for renovation of older buildings.、Uh. So obviously, still, yeah,、um, a building built in 1950 or something is obviously going to be more challenging to. It's harder to <laughs>、yeah. make the innovations.、Mm. Yeah, and、mm. I've seen、um, people adding elevators to the outside of buildings. Buildings like、mm. older buildings, like mostly for older people because they can no longer climb、mm-hmm. stairs, and、uh, these are not like high、yeah. tall buildings, maybe、right. five yeah, to yeah, six yeah, floors. Yeah, yeah. But there, I'm sure there are so many other things that you know we can do. Uh, as a society. Well, I think that one of the easiest things to find if you're looking for this stuff is if in, in both Beijing and Wuhan. I guess I don't know a lot about all the other cities, but、mm-hmm. the subway systems、mm. all have elevators at every entrance, so you、mm. can take the escalator stairs route.、Mm. But if you look around anywhere when you're in Beijing at the at the subways, you'll always find that there's a little elevator right around the corner,、mm. and that I, sometimes I'm just lazy <laughs> and I just take that take that、mm. even though I don't need it. I'm like ah, there's. The elevator, and also <laughs> I've seen.、Uh, well, I don't know what to call it because some people they come in on wheelchairs,、mm. and they can actually go down the stairs on a thing. They have this even for older people in their own houses, like back in the states. It's like a ele- elevator. No, it's like a stair climber.、That、sounds scary. No, no, no. Like you, you sit on it, and they it transports you along the regular stairs. I don't know the name for it. I've seen it, and then it's it's a little slow though, <laughs> <laughs> but. But still, like one of the staff members will help to guide you, and you go on there in your wheelchair, or the, maybe it has a chair on it. I can't tell.、Mm. Uh, and then it, it helps you get down the stairs. I'm not too sure if it's in every every subway station. Well,、though. I mean, speaking of subways, as long as we go, there's a couple more things I could talk about. For、uh, there's 
always an area for wheelchairs established on every car in China. Mm. So there's always like this one area that you're, and the, sometimes there's chairs that flip down. Right. And sometimes there's no chairs at all. Mm. And there's the bars on the walls so you can pick yourself up. Right. And also, oh, that's what that's I saw this just recently on someone's video on Twitter. Mm. There are devoted people who they look at the cameras and see, oh, there's someone with a cane or whatever on, mm. you know, on this particular car. And when they arrive at the right appropriate station, people will step on mm. and they will actually help these guide these folks off of the car mm. and they'll hold the train for a few seconds longer sometimes mm -hmm. to help people who have special needs get on and off of the cars uh, safely. Oh, yeah. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. A mix of news, sports, and entertainment. In-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of the day. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. So learning Chinese, the most difficult thing. So I'm sort of tone deaf. I can't really hear them. I think the cultural mindset is the biggest complication for the us. grammar. Take away Chinese, where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. You're listening to The Bridge. Um, speaking of, you know, what we're talking about today, I really want to say I do appreciate social media uh, when it comes to helping us understand uh, other parts of the world and other people in general, like people you don't often come into contact with mm. um, on a daily basis. I mean, like, yeah. I don't go anywhere. So that's another reason why I don't come into contact with anybody. But <laughs> through platforms like uh, short video platforms and other video platforms, mm -hmm. I got to know the lives of other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like this mm -hmm. uh, beautiful girl from studying in Tsinghua University. And also there's this really cute little little girl. Her name is um, Dodo, <laughs> which mm. means like beans. And um, I came <laughs> across her videos because she like there was a lack of oxygen to her brain uh, at birth mm. maybe she was like stuck in the tunnel for a little bit too long so anyhow part of her brain was a bit damaged mm. um so she her legs her coordination is not that great but the little girl she's so sweet and she's so smart you know sometimes when we see some people with physical disability right they can't mm -hmm. walk normally or mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. they Sometimes they can't control their body as well. You think of them as um, abnormal, mm. right? They're not completely normal, but it has nothing to do mm. with their intelligence. Mm -hmm. Like this little girl, it reminds everybody that just because she can't walk as well, as smoothly, mm -hmm. she's she's like smarter than most other girls. And she's so considerate. Mm. Um, you know, her mom, every day they have to practice walking. And her mom is very, very patient, always encouraging her and telling her. And she would also be talking to herself. Like she would like, Dodo can do this. I can go up this ramp so that, you know, I can do it on my own. Mm. So my mommy won't be tired carrying me up. <laughs> and, you know, she'll be talking to herself and um, just encouraging herself, patting herself on the on her back and making improvements step by step. Mm. Um, and also, this is actually a way of providing um, extra income 
because their videos were very popular, yeah. and um, they're I think they're now making money off these uh, videos too. Because she's because, so cute. You know, for the, she's so cute, <laughs> and also her mom is so patient, you know. And she, as a four year old, she's probably five now, is so understanding, um, and she's so considerate. And mm-hmm. anyhow, it's just it's very very heartwarming. And because she has to go to all these um, rehabilitation mm-hmm. uh, visits, yeah. like in a clinic, mm-hmm. to help her muscles and everything, to help her learn mm-hmm. to walk, the mom mm-hmm. stays at home. So, which means that, um, it, like for the family, only her dad uh, was working. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's it's pretty tough. They have to pay for the uh, rehabilitation visits and plus you know, normal expenditure. So now these uh, video platforms, it provides another way for the family to have income. So I think it's, it works out wonderfully. Yeah. And it's very encouraging for, for us viewers. And speaking of the term like abnormal or handicapable and all these ideas, mm. earlier this year, you and I, we talked about the Olympics that were held in Beijing, the right. Olympics, mm. the double Olympic city. But right after the Olympics, uh, Beijing, I guess I was in Wuhan, so I can't say we anymore. Mm. But Beijing hosted the Paralympics, mm. which is when handicapped people, people with special abilities, special different bodies mm-hmm. than the rest of us, mm. uh, are able to show off their athletic ability. And it's what's amazing about some of these athletes is that they can do things I would never. Oh do. gosh, yes, yeah. It's it's remarkable. Someone who is missing like most of one of their legs mm. is in way better shape than I've ever been in my entire life. And they can swim. They can play basketball. All kinds of things. Yeah, some of them have prosthesis on their to replace their feet which facilitate them running faster than what we would put in quotes normal people so they're actually super normal Mm. because they have prosthesis to help them like have feet they have some of them can run faster than like a regular person a normal person oh I've seen those videos yeah so it's it's actually that because their bodies are different from the center of the bell curve that gives them distinct advantages Mm. not disadvantages So, you know, they also people say I've heard Mm. that if someone is missing one sense, like they're deaf or they're blind, that their other senses Mm. become more attuned to compensate for that. So I'm I always wonder about what is it like to listen so intently and so carefully that you can hear things that I, for example, cannot hear? Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, we've been talking about um, strength, right? External strength, like for mm-hmm, Olympics. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think what's most important, as inspired by uh, the, the young lady I was talking about, mm-hmm. is inner strength. Mm-hmm. These people, they have been through things that you and I have not. And they have persisted and they have achieved things like, you know, for people in the... Uh, uh, Paralympics. Can you imagine mm. what how much inner strength mm, they have? Mm, mm, not mm. just the physical. Like for me to go for a run, I, I can find a hundred excuses not to go. <laughs> and I, I used to do that. You know, I was like, oh, because it's too hot. Oh, it's drizzling or I'm, I'm hungry. And now I've stopped doing that. I, I've stopped finding excuses because I know that it's not because of mm-hmm. these excuses. It's only because I'm too mm. lazy, like physically. So at least I've come to terms with that. At least I'm, you know, I'm facing the truth now. (laughs) So these people, they have the inner strength. Imagine they can apply this um, into anything that they want to do. Yeah. Right. They, they, they want to, they are willing to do the hard work and they persist. And, you know, we we probably given up way before them, (laughs) before they would do. So um, it's something we can totally learn from. 
this is kind of an off point a little bit. But speaking of inner strength, mm. we were spe- recently speaking with uh, Jerry Gray, mm. and he was saying how his wife walked from, I guess, a Zhongshan all the way to Beijing. Mm. You know, some days I walk from my house up the uh, river about, you know, five or six kilometers, and I feel really good about myself. <laughs> but when I heard him talking about his wife walking to <gasps> Beijing, I was like, maybe I shouldn't feel so good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I feel I feel a little ashamed now, embarrassed. I haven't even had like walked what a thousand steps today. Maybe I'll get to that after the Here, show. Yeah, I'm also 441 <laughs> steps. But um, that is all the time we have. Okay. Well, we we talk for exercise. <laughs> That's our exercise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen into our next episode for more insights and be a part of bridging East and West. Thank you for your time, baby. Yes, and thank you, Jason, and thank you, our listeners, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.